Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the One Broke Actress Podcast, an honest account of actor life plus a few lessons I learn in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and welcome to the podcast Headshot Photographer miniseries. So last year in my online membership with Gabrielle Binloss, TM, the membership, we asked our team, what is it that you struggle with the most? And one of the top things that everyone struggled with was headshots. So we decided to go directly to the sources and get as much information as possible, take what we know and what we've taught and learned with and from other actors, and devise it all into a bunch of free stuff we're going to give away and culminating in a headshot class that we are teaching on February 16th. Asterix. Date is always TBD slightly because you never know, hopefully one of us books something. Best case scenario, we have such good headshots that we have to change the date of the class. But as of the time of this recording, the headshot class is going to be February 16th. You will hear about that in the show and everything about it is linked below. But in the meantime, we collected the questions everyone wanted to know from headshot photographers. So you are going to hear a series of episodes over the next couple of weeks where I ask them very similar questions. Now, some of the conversations took a direction that I didn't expect them to. You guys know this podcast. I have to follow where my brain goes. I have to follow where the questions lead us. And so we went on that journey with each and every one of these photographers. So get excited. Take out your notepads because this is going to be a lot of information about headshots. We are kicking things off with an incredible photographer based in Los Angeles, Joanna DeGeneres. I have shot with Joanna in the past and I was so impressed with how efficient she is with her time, how good she is to people, and just her lovely demeanor and how welcoming her space was. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Joanna. She started shooting headshots in 2005, which if you were in this business around that time, you remember when that's when colored headshots became popular. At the time, she was pursuing her acting career, and as her photography business grew, she realized she loved that so very much. That culminated in her also having a job in a casting office where she looked at headshots every freaking day. Can you tell that she is an expert on this? Her goal is always to create a safe, kind, creative, easy, and fun space for you to do your best work in an image. And I ask her, all of the questions you guys wanted to know today in this podcast. And I thought this was beautiful. Her gorgeous bio ends with the sentence, the biggest reward for me is turning on the TV and watching the actors that came to me for headshots work. And I think that is just a lovely sentiment and the first jumping off point for me to introduce you to, without further ado, Joanna DeGeneres. Hi, Joanna. Will you introduce yourself really quick? Hi, I'm Joanna DeGeneres. I'm a photographer in Los Angeles. I've been doing it for, oh my God, someone asked me the other day, 17 years, I guess. I work out of my studio in North Hollywood and mostly actor headshots. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today. I'm very excited to talk to you. We have all the questions here already laid out. So like really simply, we'll kind of start from the top. First question, what is the difference between a headshot, an editorial, or branding shot? The difference for me between a headshot and an editorial branding shot is very basically, I think an editorial branding shot, people can be looking off camera. It's not necessarily all to camera, first of all. Usually the environment is a part of the story that you're telling in the editorial shot. A little more active. So it's usually a little more 
your body showing. They can be a little more specific and more playful. It can kind of go a million ways, whereas a headshot is a much tighter, sort of more specific version of that, if that makes any sense. You could get a headshot out of an editorial session, but I feel like an editorial session is going to be more active, more of your body in it. There's more going on, whereas a headshot is not more going on your head, but a headshot is just tighter, a little closer up. I mean, that's pretty much it. And you're looking in camera for all headshots. And branding is really talking to what your specific audience or what you're selling is. So branding is that too. So it's usually one thing that you're selling, whereas a headshot is more of like you're fulfilling someone else's vision for their story, which is what a headshot does. So for right? a headshot session... How many looks is too many looks? I would say that depends on the person. I think that everybody needs a headshot that's casual, that feels at home. Some people do it by time of day. So it's like the morning, like casual, like running to get a paper or whatever, like running to the store, that kind of person. Cooking breakfast for your family, that person. And then going to work, like whatever work is for you, whether it's you're a barista at a coffee shop or you work in a law firm or you're an intern or you're at a production company or you're at a really snotty PR company or something, whatever that job would be in the world of TV and film. And then evening, date night or going out somewhere nice, kind of gussied up a little bit, maybe put in a little effort for like a nice evening out. And then there's the weekend person who's like, afternoon and they're sporty or having lunch with friends, those kinds of looks. So usually three or four is good. And with layering and taking on and off jackets, that's plenty of photos for one person. For a kid, like kids don't work anywhere. It's either they're sporty and casual or they're a little more like girly and a little more tomboy or those kinds of things for kids. So it's a little different for a kid. Two for me for a kid is plenty. And then for adults, like three to four is plenty. I feel like you start doing five, six, it gets a little costumey, which is kind of coming back now a little, which is kind of weird. But um, oh, tell me more about that. I have noticed that more people are asking for nurses and to just really hammer that stuff home, which I always thought was kind of a little bit cheesy or not necessary, but there's a lot of agents that want that. I think if you ask casting directors, they don't care about that. But some reason, agents do care about that. So to me, it's like an agent preferency thing. Interesting. I would be interested in how that plays out. I know. I don't know why you have to show you have scrubs or whatever, but a lot of scrubs are coming in, a lot of coats. And I was always like, uh, but you know. On that topic, in terms of wardrobe, less versus more having more options, have specificity, like you said, in terms of a very specific scrubs look. How do you feel about wardrobe choices for the people you are taking photos with? And do you like them to have a lot of options? I usually say don't bring me your whole closet with wardrobe, but please bring multiple options. However, then what happens is I'll pick something and the person will tell me why they don't like that thing that they brought to their headshot session as an option. So I would say make sure anything that you bring is something that you feel like that's a good choice, that's a good choice, that's a good choice. I Honestly, I think most people spend more time deciding what they're going to wear on a date than they do for their headshots. Like, you know, you'll change 30 times just to figure out what you want to wear for a date or for dinner or whatever, but then just throw a couple t-shirts for a headshot, which it should be as much of a decision as what you're going to wear for a date or just whatever 
thing that you want the headshot to feel like. So it's my job interview. What do I want to wear for this? And this job is a fashion industry job. And I want to look like I'm not trying too hard, but that I understand fashion and that I know that they'll be confident hiring me and blah, blah. And if that's your role, like, you know, then you want to dress that way. I'm, I'm going to go be in, work at a production office. And I want them to see that I, I'm put together and I know how to take care of things and I look organized and that your wardrobe needs to tell that story too. So that's important to me that the story that you're telling and it all kind of matches and fits. That's kind of the key for me with wardrobe. Don't tell me I want to do like fashion and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to wear this white t-shirt. It's like, okay, that's lazy. <laughs> and I don't know that I'd hire you because I don't know. Maybe that white t-shirt, you know, it's like I, you tell me who this person is and who you are. And then Strangely enough, your headshot will work for you through a lot of other things that you never even thought about. Oh, I thought it was just for this type of thing, but I realized I also go in for sitcom mom with this outfit or like really uptight, weird, quirky neighbor, or it can then you fill other people's imaginations with what you're wearing. So I think you can take risks with it. I think you can have fun with it. I think as long as it's in the genre that you want to work in. Yeah, I think the natural question that comes up with that is then how can actors navigate all of the opinions they get about their headshots in terms of where they should be working? Like, oh, you're going to make a great young mom. You should do this. Or like my agent says, I need more casual headshots. My acting coach thinks I don't have enough like darker edge. How do we navigate all these people's opinions? Oh my gosh. Navigating people's opinions is probably like the death of your headshots, right? Because like if you're trying to please everybody and be everything, none of it's going to really land. You have to be honest with what you think you can do. If you're not a dark, edgy person, not everyone is dark and edgy. So don't just because, yeah, I'm not dark curly, and edgy. Curly, blonde-haired, beautiful girls are less dark and edgy. And it's not your fault. And maybe you could go there in a really crazy way in a scene. And it doesn't mean that you can't act that. However, it's a visual medium. It's a visual medium acting. And you have to kind of say, this is what I look like. And I'm not delusional that I'm going to be able to do things. And then there's girls that walk in that they already are like that. They look edgy and dark and a little weird and cool. And those girls are going to get that part. And if you start trying to be that and then you go in against those people that really are that, you're just not going to work because they're going to book those jobs. It's like yeah. get the jobs that you are right for, like hone that thing. I always struggled a little bit because I was like, I'm kind of quirky and like I'm not a little cartoony looking. I'm not going to play you know, I'm not going to be selling drugs in an alley or whatever. I'm not going to be on an HBO, you know, thing like that. I'm going to be on like the goofy. So then I have to embrace that and find that part of me. Or ch you change your image a little or you're able to imagine a lot of kids come out of theater programs, unfortunately, where they're playing parents and like they're doing shows where they're playing older. They're not even playing things that they'll in the real world will ever, ever do. Mm -hmm. It's like, who were you in? What did you just do in high school? I was like, Mame. You were an anti-Mame. It's like 70 or 60, you know, whatever. Like you had fun and you did a thing, but it didn't serve you like to figure out your, oh, I've always played older. Well, now yeah. you're just young. So now you are, you know, you are your age. I think that... I didn't write this question down, but this just came into my head when you said that we're often told to show range 
Do you think that's something we can do with headshots or not? Yes, I think you can show range with headshots. Absolutely. It's just range in a way of like your range, not trying to show range of some like massive plane, just your range. Like I, this is my range. And it's okay that maybe you're like frazzled mom and uptight mom and frustrated, like employee of like you work somewhere. Maybe if it's, maybe it's fast food and maybe you've never got out of this small town and you can create these stories for yourself. And I think it's good too, to kind of look at who's playing your roles on TV now. Like everything you watch, every commercial, every TV show, be like, which part would I have been cast as? And why do I think that? You're watching White Lotus. Am I the snooty, mean, like entitled idiot? You know, who am I? Am I the girl that's in love? That's kind of, which one am I? And which one kind of fits my pocket better? And some people are like, I can do anything. Like, yeah, but you don't want to do anything want to figure that out yeah so it's good to watch tv see who you would fit and what how are they dressed and how does their clothing tell that story love that same i guess with the wardrobe question but anything else also how can actors maximize the time in their headshot session because it feels like a lot of pressure sometimes to show up and we have two or three hours and there's hair and there's makeup and it feels like a bunch of choices we made how do we make the most of that time so i think it's being really present in the session. So I'm not a fan of watching actors act in their headshot. I don't want you doing a monologue where you're telling someone something. I want you telling me something because we take away the third thing in between us and you'll connect better. So I get people to talk to me, which sometimes throws people off, but it actually keeps them looser and, and present in the room. And I, sometimes I'm an idiot and I just like make, well, like laugh or whatever stupid things happen or we have the dumbest conversation or whatever. But I find then if you're actually thinking to answer me, like sometimes I ask people something in there, like they can't even really think to answer my question. And then I know, oh, we're not, we're not here. You're not present here. She can't, you're not even hearing me talk to you. You're just holding a smile on your face, trying to, and then you're talking to me like this. And I'm like, no, the reason I'm talking to you is to stop you from doing that and to get you just to focus. And sometimes it's honestly simple, simple, simple. It's just go searching in the lens for yourself. As long as you're looking and your brain is going and we're capturing then there's all these little moments and you've made all these little faces and we've already done it. We've done it with the background. We've done it with the wardrobe, your hair, how your style, everything is already telling the other part of the story. So now we just need your face and eyes to connect with the camera to show that you have an inner light and that will come through. And I think for me, that's it. So I am not a acting in your headshots kind of thing. I honestly think that's why kids are better at it than older people because kids are just having fun and present and they don't even care to see the pictures they just went that was so much fun you know maybe didn't even look at the photos because they just had fun and so if you can let everything go and come back to just being present and connecting with someone you'll be surprised at how much mileage you get out of your session and how many things happen in your face and your eyes because you're really being yourself in the circumstance that we already set up all the homework's done the outfit's done we're telling the story I help people a little bit with just like making sure that if this is a serious look of like the look we're going for is somebody more high status a character that doesn't have a sense of humor and isn't 
super warm and cozy and cuddly, then I can, you know, we can help that with our conversation or just with me being the voice in someone's head. I love what you said there. That was almost some incredible acting advice of just be present. You already did the homework and let it rip because that is, to be honest, that's the best case acting scenario is that the homework exists, we've done our work, and then we are present. So it is almost a form of acting in your headshots, but just truly existing in the clothes, the circumstances, and connecting with a person, which is just like boiled down actor stuff. Totally. You are acting, but you're not you're not acting scenes that you've memorized or lines that you've learned. And the, and the actors I meet, that a lot of them are take themselves very seriously. Those are the people that want to do that. This was a scene I did and they want to read lines off camera, like with someone reading lines. And then once I get them, okay, sure. Once we get through all that and then they just start, then they start change, the lines change. And then I jump in and then we get a real person in a photo which is all anyone really wants to see. Just want to see what you look like in a great day with good lighting, with some thoughts in your head, making sense with who you are and your character. It sounds simple and it's very complicated at the same time. Just like when you get a scene and you're like, oh, this is easy. And then as you kind of dig in, it's harder and harder and harder. And then you figure it out and then it gets easier again. And then you can do the thing. It's kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, this is literally why we're making a class on it. Yeah, it's so complicated. Improvisers are, are really good at it are good at headshots too, because they are really like waiting for their chance to jump in. So they're listening and that, you know, it's a really good skill to have, I think, just as an actor anyway, but definitely for headshots too. I love that. Great. Okay. Next question. How can actors work on feeling more comfortable being photographed when it's not something maybe they have a lot of experience with, maybe they're new? Or maybe photography versus video is very stilted to them and they don't feel comfortable at all in front of a camera. So I think it's funny. Actors feeling more comfortable in front of the camera is now something that's much easier than it used to be because everyone's on their selfieing on their phone. They, you know, I think we never had that before. We didn't see ourselves all the time in a selfie picture when that we weren't taking pictures like we are now if you took pictures it was with film and then you had to wait and you got it back and you're like oh, that's horrible and then so it was <laughs> yeah not, you and I was, are both staring yeah. at ourselves right now kind of on the yeah, screen. yeah yeah so I feel like younger people that are just used to themselves in a thing that's easier for them it's those 50 year olds to the 60s their eyesight maybe and I'm gonna be honest with you I'm about to hit a big one so I I can say that but There's something with older, like a 55 to 60-year-old person coming in when the headshots they took last time were maybe in their 40s, 30s, and they are older. And that's a mind thing, like seeing themselves. And our cameras now, the resolution is (laughs) insane. It's not like you're not going to see you have a thing on your face. You see everything. It's just really clean and clear, which is what I like. But it also means we see every like little line and thing that you never thought you had because you don't look at yourself in a huge magnified mirror close at your face all the time. So I think you just have to get used to what you look like and be okay with that. And also as an actor, it's important that you're honest with yourself, I guess. And then stay away from lip fillers and eyelashes for headshots. Lip fillers are horrible. Those big, huge eyelashes, I don't like either. 
Yeah, they look unnatural. I mean, side question, like I have a little Botox. It's something I've, I've done for years. Do you deal with actors in that realm? I know a lot of actors are like, I don't want to get it for my headshots. And I totally get that. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think natural, that's a sign. Like the, a little bit of something that makes you fresher and feel good is fine. It's just that it's gone too far phase of mm. like, you did it once, it looked amazing. And now you're like, let's do it and up it. And then I'm going to go back sooner than I normally do and do it more things. I think you should be able to, so for Botox, I think you should be able to raise your eyebrows. You don't have to be able to lower them, right? But I feel like get the ups, not the downs if they do that. Like tell them you're an actor and you still need to have the expression in your face. But I think, I think it's fine. I think a little Botox thing, it's just the lip filler when it's not done perfectly is the one that girls can't put their mouths together when they're together mm -hmm. it looks weird it's like weird things are happening it looks like tension which is horrible in a headshot face tension lips start to look like that it's just you know it because you see your favorite actors on like a tv show and you're like that looks weird <laughs> who told someone told her you know well i watch a lot with the housewives you know they have no acting careers to speak of so a lot, well a lot of them do that's not true but a, There's a, a lot, lot of, of them pressure. don't. Yeah, they see themselves on camera too much and then they take it the opposite direction and they like overdo it and you see it and you're like, oh, you don't even look like a person anymore. Well, I think too, instead of spending $600 on that stuff, like whatever that is, like invest in amazing haircut and color. A really great like skincare routine. That's what's worth spending money on to me more than, you know, and yes, you can do a little bit of things but if you don't take care of the other stuff then it's like all these people with the lips the thing and the, and then their teeth are terrible and it's like why didn't you just spend that so much money that you just spent on all of that to do that yeah. little teeth you know get do your veneers or do your whatever like that's the stuff like i just think we spend money and like penny wise pound foolish people do it with their headshots too oh well i got this session for 75 bucks so i just did it and it's like, oh, and then you have to do it. Nobody likes them. So now, well, there's another guy's 150. And there's a, I got from someone else's one. And then you've wasted money that you can't get back. But the worst thing is, is that you've wasted time. And it's worth spending money on time. Get the right headshots first. Like spend money on that. And then you will have that time. And they will work because the right headshots. By the time you've wasted all that money on bad headshots, you might as well have just gotten the headshots. But the time is that you can, you can never get back those three months even. And as I'm reaching a big age next week, I will say that time goes really, really fast. 365 days is not that much time. And so it really swings by. So spend money on the things that save you time. And I will say That's good funny. headshots will save you time. Hands down. They will. Along with the conversation about lip filler and eyelashes and stuff, are there any other consistent mistakes you see actors have when they come in for a headshot session? Consistent mistakes that actors make. I would say people spend more time getting ready for most things than they do for their headshot clothes. And I think I would say that being passive aggressive would probably be like, what do you think? I'll set something up and it'll be what, and I pick, help pick the wardrobe. And then it's like, do you like this? I mean, do you think this fits? 
right or this will say what I'm trying to make it say. And I'm like, it's almost like they're looking at you to validate their choices. Whereas that's maybe, the homework they should have done ahead of time. And maybe then to make excuses for like not liking something. Sometimes I'm concerned like, oh, so you're already deciding you don't like this thing we've set up so that then you can doubt it and doubt it and doubt it and then go home and doubt it some more and then get your photos be like, I didn't like that. And what, what, like point it out to find a reason. You know what I mean? Like that stuff is just self-destructive-y stuff. I feel like you have to trust the process. I see you. You're sitting in your car right now listening to this podcast thinking, oh, it's that time of year. I guess I should really get some new headshots. After the strike last year, I look a little different. I feel a little different. Maybe I want to get a new agent. Maybe I need to make my agent happier. Oh my God, I should just go sign up for headshots right now. And immediately you go into a panic mode, not knowing what you're going to do. How do you get the right headshots? Fast forward to the headshot class. Dun, dun, dun. We are teaching a headshot class between Sam and I, and you guys are invited. Yes. Guys, if you enjoy listening to my Myself and Gabrielle talk about our working actor life. We have learned so much about headshots and we are putting it all down for you guys. We get more questions about that than probably anything else. So we have decided to make a full class about it, specifically how to decide what it is your package is missing, how to get the headshots that fit those holes and how to do them right. Not only that, but we also have some stuff leading up to it. Sam has a bunch of different podcasts coming out that's going to be all about the different photographers and what they like the best out of actors. You might even be listening to one of them now. So we are setting you up. That way you can join the headshot class and know exactly what you're getting yourself into. And by the end of it, know exactly what you need for your headshots. If this sounds like something you guys are looking for, and trust me, you need this class. I wish I would have had it so long ago. I've saved so much time and so much money. The class is February 16th. It will be 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, all held over Zoom. So anywhere across the world you can join in from. We will be doing a live work session where you guys will be able to work on the notes we give you. We will give you a full headshot guide. We will take you through the steps to get the shots you're missing. And there's even going to be follow-up afterwards. So we're going to make sure everyone gets all the information they need for their next headshots. And just in case you're wondering, what happens if you register for this class and you get booked and you can't actually be there? Don't you worry, it will be recorded and you will get your own recording because we want you to be able to use this in the future on other headshots as well. So think of it as an investment, not only for your headshots now, but for your headshots in the future. Oh, the amount of money I could get back if I could have this class first. Guys, sign up anywhere in the show notes for this podcast. It will also be linked in both of our social medias. Let us know if you can't find the link. We will definitely definitely link you to it. We are so excited and spots will fill up fast because this is prime headshot time. So get signed up, get the guidance you need and stop getting shitty headshots. If you could hand actors a guide and it says like three things not to do before your headshot session. So we send a guide and the first thing I would say would be three things to do is to read the guide. <laughs> so I send a guide and on purpose, my address for the studio is at the very end because I want people to look at the stupid thing, right? And it's like, just read it. I know you already know and you've already thought about it and you know everything, but read it because it just might be a thing of like, oh yeah, I do need a different bra for that top. You know, it's like dumb stuff. And everything on the guide is because somebody came in and didn't do that thing. And I went, oh, I guess we have to tell people to floss. 
I have to tell people to floss before your session. So I'm not retouching food out from your teeth. Shoot, like silly things. Like it's dumb things that could be easily done. And, and I'm very, especially for women, I think it's really good to have a hair and makeup person at your session. And I think it just ups the level of your headshot. And I would say if you're like, oh, I don't wear makeup and I don't know how to do it. Well, then you need to learn that. It's not for your headshots to show a person that doesn't. Because when you book a job on a set, no matter who you are, the first place you sit is in the makeup trailer. And someone's going to be putting that stuff on your face. And that's what you're going to look like on camera. And it's part of your job. It's like it's your job as an actor to know things like that. So make it your job. Watch YouTube videos, do a tutorial with someone. It doesn't be contouring and yeah. that garbage. It just means like getting a foundation, something like matching your skin tone, like how to put a little powder on your face. So you're not shiny, like knowing how to do all this really basic things. It doesn't mean you have to be a fashion makeup person. That's to me important. And there are people that can just, just have amazing skin. They know how to do it themselves. Like it's fine. And that's fine. And some guys don't need it. And I think for commercials, they want very little anyway. It's very natural. Sometimes they just throw a little powder on you and that's it. So, you know, just something like you just need to sort of know how to do the basics. And with looks, right, with different looks, then you have someone that can give you more specific, like make sure each outfit we put on you has a different look even with with your hair or whatever we're doing yeah and on the day you're shooting things do move so quickly that if you haven't one decided that in advance it gets complicated and two talking to your hair and makeup person and having that conversation of let's start with this outfit because it doesn't have as much makeup and then slowly bump it up or something like that right. so that they can work with you. And I mean, I've worked with Kate Hollinshed with you before and with other people and I love her and she's all about like, what's the order of like events? How do we maximize this? And how do we make you look like you that you could also to an extent create at home if you got an audition for this photograph? And I love that kind of communication. I mean, she's amazing. She doesn't even have have to talk to her you just sit down and she can just do it but I always think that there's different trends in makeup there's things that are trendy now that maybe we weren't doing and I, and if an actor like 22 year olds comes in and is doing their own makeup they're going to have these trendy things happening with their makeup on their face. And those things are things like overlining your lips and where the blush and eyeliner being a wing or not a wing and how an eyebrows being so heavy or right. Yes. So I want someone to do your makeup that doesn't do those things. And sometimes what happens is people see the photo of themselves in a very different makeup, which is just a more accessible style where your headshot's going to last longer because you don't look too trend on trend with something. So it's going to make your headshot have more. It's going to last longer. Things you're auditioning for are not in 2024. Like they are in the 90s or they're the 80s or they're the 60s or the 70s. And you don't want to have that crazy overlined lip when you're submitting for Miss Maisel or whatever it is for Mad Men or for some HBO thing that takes place 10 years ago because that wasn't a thing. So your headshot makeup needs to be just makeup that really enhances your features where you look, you know, shows you off, not showing a trend. But it's okay for one of your 
looks to go there because that's you every day and you show up that way and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. And we can push that way. But I just think that's a really funny, careful thing. It's why it's clothing too, wardrobe, like super trendy clothes sometimes for like what's trendy. Now, do you remember those bubble dresses? Do you remember those dresses that were like really big bubbles and then they came in tight above your knees? Yes. Yes. Like 50 years ago. I used to shoot for this school and everyone would show up with these and they're so unflattering, but they're also, they're so trendy. And I'd be like, this is gone. Like six months. No, everyone's going to hate these. Like we look back at our clothes from the eighties and go, what were we thinking doing that with our hair and our thing? You know, so don't be that person. Like you want to be more middle mainstream. You want to sit more stories. You want to be more neutral with your headshots, but do it with a genre style as opposed to like a trendy style, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the word trend is definitely the thing to avoid. I think that's a really good little asterisk to put on that. I think it gives people a lot of guidance. On that topic, is there any old myths about headshots or things like wardrobe that are still true or are blatantly untrue? I remember when I first got headshots, Someone told me never wear white. It's so bad on camera. And you have taken some incredible pictures of me in white. Some of my favorite headshots are in white. I wear it all the time. <laughs> I love white. So I see photographers shooting someone in and it won't. It looks bad because they're not, they don't know how to do it. So I think I like white, but not the white. It, there's different kinds of white, right? There's the white that's like kind of glows and And then there's the white that's a little more toned down. So I prefer it not to be the glowy, bright, even those doctor's lab coat things, those are too white. And I think on sets, they dye those, they tea dye them or they desaturate them a little bit. They dip them and they do something with them to take them down. Because the only thing that you can't really do is like stuff does more, like little tight weaves of things sometimes with grays and blacks will like of 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 a man's coat like a dress coat things like that or a shirt sometimes and that's problematic I think neon colors can really flare and not good some people pastels not great but I think what you can do which was an old myth is like you can wear stripes you can wear patterns you can have things with logos but it has to be shot where the background helps tell the story so that when you look at the image it's your face that pops out. If I look at it and I notice like the thing on your shirt in the middle or the bullseye or whatever, then that's not good. So it all has to kind of, that's the art of it, I guess, is like making sure that you're coming through the image and that if the clothes do have a little more fun or patterns or things going on, that it's not in a way that's taking away from when I look at the photo. I want to look at your face first and I'd be like, oh, that's cool. I love the style of this or I see what's happening here. This girl with this shaved side of her head is super like funky and I get it. And you're telling me who you are. And I love that. As much as you can tell who you are with that, it's good. That's why it's good to watch TV and see how characters are, you know, how people tell that story. I love that show, Hacks, you know, Hacks. Oh, love Hacks. The, the yes. secretary, the girl that's the assistant on that, how they oh, dress yes. her. She, is, she has her own show coming, I believe. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Oh, she stole the show. And she's dressed in a way that, like, is exactly her personality, like, that she plays. It's so cuckoo. And it's so funny. And she's so funny and dumb and smart at the same time and, like, weird. And you love her. And she's just trying so hard and like it's a million things that she did and you know she just walked in and probably no one else even had a chance 
after she kind of ate up that audition, I bet you it was like, oh, well, we can write for her. I know exactly who she is. Like, that's kind of the goal. Yeah. I wonder what her headshot looked like. I know. I, I know. I wish, I wish we could look it up. You can probably find it. I bet we could. I bet we could. Okay. Well, we'll round it out with two last questions. Yes. Any pet peeves during a headshot session? You said earlier when people get like dowdy and they start to blame and excuses. Any other pet peeves that come up? Obviously, please brush your teeth and floss. Yeah. My pet peeves are like, yeah, read the, read the pre-shoot thing, right? Like read the instructions because they're going to be helpful. And the thing where someone brings me all their clothes and then I pick stuff and they're like, yeah, I don't, that doesn't fit me really. Oh, I don't love that. I, it's not mine. Like you brought it here. So if you're bringing it and you don't want to wear it, then you shouldn't have brought it. Like just bring yeah. me the thing. Also, actors not talking to their agents to find out maybe what they need to do. Not having that conversation before their headshots because it's helpful to me. Did your agent request anything specific? What would they like you to achieve? What did they think you didn't get in your last headshots that you kind of needed this time? What are we doing? Like, what do you want to accomplish? What's the end game? I think actors have different things they need and it depends how successful and how far they've gotten in their career. And if you're already a star on your TV and some people will be like, yeah, but I don't know, Robert Downey Jr.'s headshots, just him like scowling in a t-shirt. I'm like, yeah, because he's Robert Downey Jr. Doesn't yeah, because you already a have associations. Take it in his bathroom. Yes, yeah. Right? No, it's just like, oh yeah, I know who that guy is. So you got to get to that place. So if you're not that person where everyone doesn't already see you on TV, they know exactly, oh, we see, she's really funny. Remember she did the then and then. If you're not there yet, then your headshot introduces you. It's the thing that, comes in front and tells me who you are first and is the difference between film and theater theater you walk in with your photo and your photo is so that I remember who was here after you left film and tv is I see your photo first I decide if you fit what my imagination tells the story to be and then I go yeah I think that's what I think Carol looks like in this I think that would be she'd be a good choice for that I think she should be blonde and that's exactly the right kind of thing. And that's that sweetness, but maybe like, you know, a little flirty and blah, blah, blah. And like, she's sort of prettier than the other girl. Like it's all these things. Like you're having to fill my imagination as a casting person. So I'm looking at your photo that way. I'm not looking at it like, oh, she's got a weird thing, a funny look on her eye or whatever. I'm filling a thing. So if your photo doesn't do that, and we all do it with dating, too. I always love to use dating as an example because if you've ever online dated, have you done that? Have you online okay, dated? Okay. So weirdly, I my husband and I started dating the month before I was going to start online dating. Oh yeah. So I so just I missed it by a hair. Have you ever gotten to do it for someone else where you've swiped? swiped yes, it's swiped. my favorite thing. I ask all my friends, I'm like, can I please do this for you? Yes, it's so fun. So that's what it's. That's just the casting. You're casting your friends boyfriend you're casting your friend's partner and you know exactly what she's looking for and mm -hmm. what would be the right thing and you might see someone and go oh he looks perfect look how sweet he is and he's holding he looks so well put together and like he cares he looks great and then you see the next photo and it's like oh never mind his <laughs> I don't like him anymore. Like I just lost interest because I now I think you probably are more like that. 
that guy with his buddies with the pink face and the beer and the thing. And I was like, oh, he looks kind of a nice holding money and he looks gr- like it's gross. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like that in a way, like we, you know what's in your mind and what you want to see. So therefore the actor can't, you can't know what someone else has in their imagination. You just have to truthfully present yourself in a way that tells a story about who you are and what you're bringing forward and what you're bringing to the table so that someone goes, oh yeah, I, that will work in my story and that looks good. And a crappy photo that's kind of mediocre just tells a casting person that you are not committed to your craft. We haven't really done anything yet. I'm not professional because I don't have a professional photo. It's like handing your resume in and you kind of wrote it on the back of the thing. You're not really ready for this job because I need you to be able to type stuff and know how to do that. So it's just that. It's like it's a job in a different way that there's no other profession that's like being an actor. Yeah. It's so odd. Okay. Two last questions. Number one, if I were to book a headshot session with you, will you take us step by step through that process so people know what they're walking into when they show up for a headshot session with you? If you book a headshot session with me, we ask that you email through our website because then we have a trail of like our conversation together rather than calling and us writing it down and losing track of who you are. So I always say, fill out the submission form through the website. My lovely assistant, Sophia will write you back. It also answers questions for us. So it saves a step so that it tells me how many looks you're looking to do. If you want a hair and makeup person, yeah, looks and makeup person. And then she'll get back. She gets back to you with date options. And then we do a hundred dollar deposit, non-refundable to make sure that you're committed to that date. We schedule you and get you in here. And then we send you before that we send you our pre-shoot info which is pretty in-depth like just goes through ideas for looks to kind of I, I think of it as a thing that just kind of gets your imagination going not like a thing where it's, you have to follow these specific guidelines but at least it gives you some somewhere to spark some things to be like oh yeah I guess I do play girl next door but I'm a little more boyish or nerdy or I, I'm a little more weird or I'm a, I have a little more awkwardness. And I like that stuff. And I feel like if that's you, then you capitalize on that in your photos. You don't try to not show that. You want to show all the things that you are, like all the things that make you kind of interesting and make someone go, I, I want that for my project. And then so once you figure all that out, I think we say on there, take pictures of yourself in your outfits. With your phone, take selfies and you'll see like, oh, that shirt looks really funny. It looks so cute on me. And then when I look in the photo, I look really broad or the collar's funny or it's sitting like, I don't know, like maybe not. And then you can try on all the things that you're thinking, bring different combinations of those. And sometimes I like to see the pictures that you've taken of yourself. And then we go over that in studio. You sit down and get into hair and makeup. I also like hair and makeup because it lets you come in the space and sit for like 45 minutes and just relax in the space before we start shooting. So we can chat. You just relax. You can breathe. You can just kind of get used to the space and being here and feel the vibe of everything. And then we're talking. And then once we start shooting, it's like we've already spent a little time together without wasting time warming up for your photos and then we just go through and I, it's pretty fast i find my best sessions are the ones that were really quick and easy we didn't have to fuss if you start feeling labored or like things aren't working or going well then that's when it gets like not as fun 
And then, oh, and then I, we send a gallery. So it takes us a week. Sophia goes through all the images. We delete the blinky blurs. We give you everything on a downloadable gallery in a week. You get the password, you download everything. And then we include our one retouched image, but we give you all the high-res photos. Amazing. I think that's just so helpful to know so people don't feel intimidated and they have a timeline too. And then last question, you and I have shot together. I brought a full headshot guide and options and thoughts and things like that. And I'm just curious how that was helpful. This is not me leading you. You had no idea I was going to ask this question, but especially because we are building out a headshot guide for actors. So I would love to know, as we teach this class, are there things that you think that we did well that we could make sure to include? Any thoughts on that? For me as a photographer, I like someone to be like, these are the photos on your gallery that I felt like I liked. So I want things like this. I like someone that's kind of really figured it out. But as long as that person's a little open to me going, I know you wanted this, but can I just try and I will do my, like, I would say, let the photographer also be a part of the creative process because you will just get more love out of your session. Like if you're generous with who you are, then I'm going to be generous with who I am. If you're very like, I only want this, I'm gonna, this is my side of my face I like, I'm not shooting on the other side of my face. Like if you do all of that and limit things, limit, 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 I only want this, these two backgrounds, I don't like anything else. Then I think you kind of, you put yourself in a box and then I'm like, oh, I'm really stuck. I can only do these things and it's not going to be as creative. Whereas if it's like, I like this, I love this, I'm open to trying other things. But then there's an agent and manager level of this where there's some of them that just really hate certain things and really like certain things. And it's just helpful to know that. I just like to have as much information as I can so that then I can like throw everything at the spaghetti at the wall, you know. But I also say like, it's a good thing to bring layers because we can always throw a different jacket, a different thing. Sometimes if you just bring me like a two t-shirts, I'm like, well, why didn't you bring like a jacket and a hoodie and a cardigan and like or maybe a thing like in maybe all of that will be in your one look and you're like oh my god this is one look but I got all these things because I thought it through and I was able to just capitalize on layering and just kind of doing it in a generous way that makes sense you know usually we'll pick two things and dig in yeah it's all like the person's kind of energy that they bring into it you know people have just different everyone's just different totally Awesome. Thank you so much. That's the end of my questions. I think you've answered so much and given people so many good takeaways about photography and headshots and all of that good stuff. And all of your links to your website and booking with you and everything is going to be in the show notes as well as your Instagram if people want to see the types of photos you take. And I just think you're awesome. So thank you so much. I for think this time. you're awesome. That's the only reason I do this podcast anymore. So thank you so much. <laughs> I know. That's the only reason I do this because people tell me I'm awesome. No, it helps. It helps. It does. 